Call with Dads, your podcast for unscripted conversations and honest opinions about what matter to dads. Join the call in this journey called fatherhood. Now here are your hosts to get things started. E.A. Maynard, the man of many words and some of them could make sense. Hi, I'm E.A. Maynard. Along with Mr. Pancakes, who is working to bring back family traditions starting with breakfast. This is Mr. Pancake, and this is Call with Dads. I read a couple articles about manning up, being being a good father, what manning mm-hmm. up means for being a dad and things like that. I mean, <laughs> and forgive me, I have my sinuses just killing me, so if I sniffle, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. so I mean... Let's start. Let's start off simply with what do you consider man manning up, being a man, or mm-hmm. as a father? Right. Um, so I, I would say, you know, uh, lo- looking into it, uh, discussing something such as like manning up to be a man or be a father. Um, for the most part, it boils down to taking accountability and responsibility for your actions. You know, uh, I was watching a video. Uh, I think I, I even posted it on the Pancakes with Your Dad page. Um, you know, the guy was saying, you know, um, you know, that child didn't want to be here. You brought it here based on your actions. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he, he said, you know, the kid doesn't owe you anything. You know, and I had a couple of people, you know, get flack on that. Like, but I, they missed misconstrued what he was the guy was trying to say and they they think he's talking about oh the kid doesn't owe you anything as in you bought him this and you fed him food and you know the kid maybe owes you this or that well no the kid doesn't owe you anything you know you owe it to the kid you know to teach the kid responsibility accountability you owe it to the kid to teach him uh how to behave, how to have manners and all these things. These, these are all stuff, you know, so it's, it's, it's important for you to man up. And that was one of the things that I was reading. Um, you know, you, you have to kind of, uh, man up and take actions and take responsibility. So by you doing that, you essentially are setting a good example for the child. If like for me, growing up i really didn't have the best of example as a dad so i kind of it was fearful because i didn't know what to do i didn't know where to go i didn't know how to do it you know i almost had to a do a lot of googling and right. b i also had to you know follow others you know meet other dads uh you know my wife's dad you know talk to him about stuff um even talk to women uh, odd right Talk to women about it. What did your husband do? You know, pick up on all these things. So I, it was, it's important for me to give a good example and be a good example for my child that way. Because my, my child is my daughter. She's a girl. So obviously right. she's going to be looking for a husband. She's not going to be a dad. She's going to be a mom. So she needs to be able to not know how to be, but know what to look for in a man. And these, these are things that I need to be able to teach her. So those, to me, those are important as a man for, you know, for the child. So having that fear of uh, not knowing what to do, how to do it, and how to be a good example, that's, it's stuff you just need to take initiative. Um, some of the things I was looking up was uh, reading books. You know, there are a thousand child books out there. There's tons of parenting styles, 
tons of parenting books, tons of fatherhood books. I, I mean, uh, we have, I think we have, we've collected quite a few and put them on the page mm-hmm. on the website. Um, yeah. I think I could probably find some more. Uh, that's the ultimate goal is to build the website to where we have more in the future. Right. Um, but that, that, I mean, that's that part for me for the most part. I mean, there's, but there's a thousand other fears. Uh, you know, what are some that you look at or that you had prior? You know, when I first started thinking about it for me, it wasn't really, I always heard like, man, you need a man up in the sense of take care of your kid be there, don't walk out, be a good husband, all this. These are the initials, like you said, the initial manning up theory that I heard. And, you know, when I started thinking about it, one thing, and I don't know why it popped in my head, was an old movie from the 90s called Friday. I don't know if you ever saw that movie or not, but there's a scene in there where, (laughs) where, and I can't remember the characters' names now, but the father was talking to his son, and... Basically, in the scene, he's asking his dad, "Dad, do you do you love me?" And he goes, "Love you? Not my job to love you. It's my job to feed you, keep you safe, teach you. Those are my job. These are." And he goes through like this dialogue about what his job as a father is. And you know, to a point, I agree with you as a father. Your job is to raise the kid, make sure he learns right from wrong do all these things you know naturally most people are going to love their kids but your general purpose is to make sure you teach them right from wrong how to be a good person things like that so when i and i don't know why that popped in my head but it made me realize that part of being a father and manning up to be a father is just the everyday grind of what it takes teaching and making sure that you're doing what's right for your kid what's going to make them a strong figure for their future kids and for other people if you teach can raise your kid to be a leader and know like for you raising your daughter to be able to look to find out what a good man is supposed to look like just like what i'm trying to do for my daughter as she gets older and goes through it and my son teaching him hey this is right this is wrong because you know i think it's dennis prager who's said that naturally people's inherited spirit is not to be good but to do what's their thought of best for them and you know, being good is something we have to teach our children. It's yeah. and we have to show them what the good life is through whatever religion you're choosing. Making sure that you're not going to extremes with that religion, because and you can hate me for saying that if you want, but the fact is, is this is what's going to probably get people upset. Is you know, I don't care what your religion is. I'm Christian. But even Christians have extreme Christians, extremists, yeah, things like that. There's extremists in almost every religion. There's extremists in almost every way of thinking. So yeah. you have to teach your children, don't go to that extreme, but learn, love, follow the good portions of it so that you can lead a good life. Yeah. I mean, like I've known people in all walks of life, all areas some that I agree with, some that I don't. And you have some that, like I said, take it to extremes. And that seems to be a big problem today is 
everyone's taking their beliefs, their views to extremes to the point sure. of anybody outside of your views is. And is I'm trying to, yeah, and I'm trying to remember the guy's name that I just and because you've mentioned him to me before, and now I'm trying to remember his name, which is killing me. I'm trying to look it up as we're talking. The Jordan Nick, Peterson guy? No, no, this is Nick Freitas. Oh, yeah, Nick Freitas. Yeah. Freitas, yes. He's so, a congress or a state congressman, state representative Virginia. of Virginia, right? Yeah. Yep, you're in Virginia. So I, I stumbled across one of his videos because I remember the name after you said it and watched it, and he started talking about Virginian. That's what got me more interested in him because obviously I'm in Virginia. But he put out a video today, or at least it came on my notification today, where he's talking about on the floor that people are instantly calling anybody that they don't agree with racist, questioning right. their belief systems as a Christian, questioning all this stuff, just attacking them personally mm -hmm. for not agreeing with their point of views. And I think manning up, in my opinion is stepping up, showing your child, hey, there's a lot of crazy people out there. They're yeah. going to do whatever they can to tear you down. And your job is to be there every day, or at least every day you can be there to teach yeah. them, this is what you need to do to stand up against those people. Mm -hmm. You, Your job is to take the right path, find the right way, and not let those people sway you to yeah. go down the wrong path. Um, like, yeah one of the book series that I'm trying if I ever get time to actually sit down and write is the last bar basically started off as a joke of a, de a demon and an angel at a bar right yeah. and as I did my research one of the things it talks about is this demon his main objective is to stray people away from doing what's right building mm -hmm. a future for Jesus and for Christ and for the religion and all this where, right. and like I said I don't care if you want to use that as a metaphor or use it as a religious tome, make yourself happy do whatever you want, but manning up is a mindset now of doing what it needs to be, even if it's hard for you because, you know it's, as a mm -hmm. man, it sounds bad, but we don't have the opportunity to sit there and whine oh, poor as me, I feel this I feel that I mean, literally, my kids are jumping on me, and I'm sitting there groaning, and they are laughing because they're getting to hurt daddy. Yeah. You know, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. My wife constantly, well, why don't you tell them to stop? I'm like, well, they need to learn how to fight. They need to know how to rough hide. Yeah. I don't want them thinking, oh, well, if, if I'm hurting, then I need to worry about this or that. They have to know mm -hmm. limit. So yeah. right now, like my daughter almost two years old so mm -hmm. probably in a couple months she's going to be two years old and you know she weighs maybe 25 pounds mm -hmm. and maybe between 25 and 30 i don't know but about she jumps like when i lay on the floor she'll jump on me and you know i could sit there and say no and yell at her and but as a man i'm i'm gonna have to deal with her jumping on me and trying to bounce it makes her giggle and laugh when she hears me go oof Mm -hmm. And then my son runs and jumps on me. He's definitely much more than 30 pounds. And, yeah. you know, it's one of those things that they have to see that a man's going to 
be able to withstand a little bit of pain. And right. those are memories they're going to enjoy. Right. My it, daughter liked to headbutt me. Right. <laughs> Where she stands is perfectly in my crotch area. So she'll run up to me and bam, with her head right in my crotch. That oh. sucks. That is not fun. <laughs> um, just kind of and just keep going. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. kind of like the one video I saw you post, and I think I made a comment to you. I don't remember if I made this comment to you. Is there, it was shortly after I saw that video you post where the kid's on the ground. He scraped his, yeah. his elbow. Yeah. The and, Bill Burr video. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to remember the guys, but yeah. it was just kind of that. And like Tommy my son, me. Yeah, and to me it was funny because like two days after I saw that, my son ran in for swim class, mm. and I told him, "Don't run; the floor's wet." And he mm. ran, and he had a wet spot and slipped and fell on his butt. Well, yeah, well, I told him. Well, no, he didn't cry. He didn't cry. He just kind of sat there and. There's this another guy, and I'm assuming he was dad. If he wasn't a dad, then he's really creepy because <laughs> being in a kid's swim center while, you know what I mean? And I, I just walk, yeah, I just walk up. And he's like, oh, he fell and he went. I'm like, yeah, he's he's fine. Yeah. I looked at him, yeah. I'm like, I told you not to run. See? Fell. Yeah, right. I'm like, no blood. You're not screaming. Get up. Let's go. And yeah. the guy just kind of looked at me and. Kind of like the video. I'm I'm trying to raise a little man. I'm not trying to raise one of these yeah. sissies. Now, mind right. you, if he, like last night, he fell and hit his head on the floor. And in our basement, the floor is just a concrete pad. So, right. mind you, yeah. even with the rug down, it still hurt him. So, right. yeah, something like that. I'm going to sit there and go, okay, it's okay. Take a deep breath. Let's let's calm yeah. down. Right. Let, let's get I through the pain. I always try to look, look right here to see if they got a concussion. My daughter's <laughs> She's done the same thing. She slipped back and smacked the back of her head on a tile. And right. I'm like, you know, once I get rid of the physical pain portion, all right, yeah, we're good. All right, let me look in your eyes. Okay, no concussion. Good. All right, get up. Go do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the thing is nowadays it doesn't seem like parents are trying to or dads are supposed to teach their kids to be tougher. Right. And, like, you hear – like the older movies, you always hear the girls joke, I was raised with three brothers. I, I'm used to taking a beating. You right. know? Yeah. Now it's, oh no, I was raised by three brothers. Now I know how to braid my hair. Yeah. I mean, like that. yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of that whole what happened to the tougher. And I like to yeah. think like middle America is still teaching kids to be tough. Right. But it's yeah. it's that kind of theory that, I don't know, to me it's, you want to think middle America is teaching kids to be tough, be right. good, either be mentally tough, and not everyone's going to be physically tough. Right. You know, I mean, that's to me, that's stuff that's uh, quite important as a dad and as a man, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, you, you, gotta, you gotta think about it in two ways. One, one way is um, you know, who, who's going to get your oil, you know, with that little, that little sissy boy that puts on makeup and dresses like a girl who, you know, who, who's going to, who's going to build that building over there? Who's going to manufacture that car? You know, you think, oh, well, oh, well, women can be engineers too. Yes, they can. Women can be engineers, right? but 
you know, I'm not talking about the engineer. I'm talking about the grunt, the greasy guy with the cuts on his hands and the bruises on his neck. And, you know, his back's been hurting for the last 30 years. I'm talking about that guy. That guy is going to build your house and build your buildings and pull the oil out of the ground at the, at the oil rig out in the middle of the ocean for a year while he's out there, you know, missing his family. You know, I'm sorry, but that ain't going to be women. And that ain't going to be sissy boys dressed like girls. You right. need those. Men. We need those men that need to be big and strong, muscular. And they spit and they smoke and they drink beer and they, they say bad words. We need those guys. I'm sorry, but that's life. And you yes. have to be able to tell and teach your boys um, and even your girls that these people exist and this is how there's a there's a fine line in between doing it and when is appropriate and when is not appropriate and it's part of society you know and men have to be men at some point even even if the man is you know because there are men that work administrative roles you know i work in administrative role um at my company you know so but in that sense i am still a man because when i go home you know i show my daughter that I hand built the garden in the backyard with wood and nails and a hammer. You know, mm-hmm. I mow on, I do this, I do that. So I do a lot of manly things, but then I also come home and cook dinner for the wife now and again, you know, you know, so I, I do half and half. I do some stuff, but it's important. Um, and then the other, the other side of that, um, you know, is it's a ver- it's a version of love that only a man can provide. Only a dad can provide. Um, it's like that video. I was, uh, I posted a video the other day of like a podcast, um, a woman and another guy, the woman was like, I don't respect men. And the guy was like, well, did you have a dad? And she goes, no, I didn't have a dad getting raised, you know, when I was being, being raised. I said, well, there you go. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I don't respect men. Cause you didn't have a man as an example and a good man to show you what men can be. And how men can be and why you should respect men. You should respect women also, but you probably had a woman to learn that respect for the woman. You had a mother. You didn't have a father, so you didn't learn that respect. You know, and it's very important. And he, I mean, he goes on to talk about how, um, you know, God's love is a father's love. You know, is there's a difference between a mother's love and a father's love. You know, a mother will coddle you. It's loving baby. And the man will say, well... Don't do that again. Get up, you know, whereas if you only ever have the mothers, you're going to I mean, I could even see it in my daughter when my daughter does something and gets hurt or mistakes something. And my wife is like, oh, honey, oh, honey. After two, three tries, she starts to realize that's what my wife's going to do. So she'll go and do it on purpose. Right. When she sees me do it, I'm like, all right, get up. Don't do that again. That hurt, didn't it? Yeah, get up. Let's go. She's not going to look to do that again. She's going to learn a lesson. I shouldn't do this, and this won't happen. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's that separation of learning these these different things, and then also when you, as a woman, getting older, you learn to respect men. You know, so you have much better relationship with your husband if you respect him, because then you're going to find a man that is going to respect you. You know. It's not all about a one-sided respect. So. Right. You know, with that topic, it reminds me, I think I sent you the video, and you said you've seen the guy that I sent you before where 
it was the guy talking about the five people you call. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, that, to me, that kind of goes along with this because, mm-hmm. you know, the girl, she, the wife or girlfriend listed off the five people that she calls and they're all her friends and they're all going to sit there and tell yeah. her, oh, well, he's being a jerk and you're the right and this and that. Where yeah. he said the five people he would call would be his father, some friends of his, but they're men friends that, and the difference between the people he would call and she would call is her fr- her mm-hmm. list of people were all people validating her and right. basically making sure she felt like she was in the right. Where right. his five people, as a man, and a wife should do this too, and, and manning up, I... You know, manning up, your instant thought is it's a man's thing to do. Women can, I guess, man up too because in a relationship, you need those. In this video, the guy was saying, his five people are sitting there saying, you need to get your act together. She works hard for you. She does this. And their job isn't to pat you on the back, make you feel good. Because, you know, men, we have thicker skin or we should have thicker skin. And, but we, anybody needs to find out you need that group of people you're going to call that's going to be bluntly honest with you. Just flat out tell you, no, you're in the wrong. Look at what this person does for you. Your wife does the cooking. Your wife helps with the kids. You does this. You're as much as you think you do all this stuff, your house would not run the way it does without your wife there. It's, it's sad. You know, it's essentially, you know, affirmation or validation. You right. know, if, if if you and your husband get in an argument and you call somebody to talk to them, are you looking for validation on why you're right and you should continue to be mad and hate your husband? That way, that way it draws it out even longer and you two just further separate. Or should you be looking for somebody that says, you know, we had a fight, you know, uh, and you need somebody to help you and remind you why you love him because you're in the middle of a fight and your emotions are flaring. Me personally, I want to call somebody that's going to tell me something about my wife. That's so good. That's going to remind me why I love her. I don't need to validate myself and why I'm right and why I should continue to hate my wife. That's, that's wrong. That's stupid. Right. You know, I want to right. know why I love her. I'm in a bad mood. I'm mad at her right now. I want to be reminded of why I love her. I mean, technically, I, I don't really need to be reminded because my wife's amazing. But, right. you know, you know, emotions do flare. And every now and again, I should, you know, if I'm going to call my dad, my dad's going to be like, well, you know, to add an argument, you know, I'm not on your side or hers, but just remember how much you love her, how much she does yeah. this, how much she does that. Yeah, good point. All right. I'll go give her a kiss. All right. And then you, you get over. It. You move on. Right. It's kind but, of that. Having somebody to, and that is on multiple topics, and that's also why being being a good man, being manning up, and all this also goes to depending on your wife, because if your kid has you upset or something, and you're yeah. frustrated, say you had a just a bad day at work, or you had like for an example, I've spent almost two weeks working on on a project that I do for work, right? Yeah. This includes late night works, all this stuff. So when my boss sent me the markups of my drawing saying, hey, it looked like a red line from, basically it looked almost as much red as there was white sheet 
on the Mydrola. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good thing normally. But yeah. this is also a very complex pr- project. It's a lot of stuff. But when you see that, you kind of get there and you're like, after all that work, after everything I've done, you mm-hmm. get kind of frustrated. Now, it's very easy to be annoyed when the kid comes up and you're looking at the email. And technically, you sh- shouldn't be paying attention to emails after work hours. But when you know, hey, I have to work after I put the kids to bed, you kind of look at stuff just so you prep. <laughs> and, you know, it's e- like I said, it's easy to get annoyed very easily at all the kids doing this or doing that. And at that point, a wife can sit there and say, hey, leave daddy alone for a little bit. He looks like he's annoyed. He doesn't look happy. Come here, whatever it might be. And, you know, once you realize, hey, I'm not at work. I need to get my head straight. I need to man up and focus on what's important. And that that kind of going to be where we need to be as men to say, in my opinion, you start off with, I'm here. I'm not walking away. Even if you don't marry the, the mother, whatever the situation is, if you marry a woman with a kid and you're becoming a stepdad, the manning up part is being there and being for the family for whatever might occur and being able to put your emotions aside not permanently but put them aside long enough that you can do what's right for the children what's what's the proper thing you need to do to make sure they're safe right and that was something that i was like writing down when i was kind of reading and trying to prepare for this uh to kind of get some information for myself so i can kind of remember what i went through and stuff like that um, one of the things that I was reading was uh, one, of, a, one of like a really big fear for a lot of men is the the change in the relationship with your wife. You know, and that's that's true. It's I mean, it's everything we just talked about. You know, uh, a lot of that stuff. Having a kid is definitely going to change the relationship with you and your wife. You know, big time. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of things that are going to change. You know, you can't go on dates no more. You know, your dates are no longer every weekend or every Tuesday or they are now every July and July 3rd. <laughs> and that's, that's it. Once a year, if that, if, God forbid, if you can freaking find a babysitter. Not right. in the town I live in. There's no babysitters. <laughs> and uh, well, if you can find a babysitter in my town, they're like $25 an hour. Yeah, no, sorry. You're going to get a 12-pack of beer. That's it. You're a babysitter. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of things that to me um, was something that I did not realize was going to change. Um, it was a big fear of mine that there was going to be things that were going to change, but I did not realize a lot of things did change. Other things, you know, um, I thought, you know, the mambo jumbo was going to be, you know, oh, we still get it all the time, you know, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. That like cut down like tremendously. That is no longer four or five times a week. That is now maybe once a week. Uh, and sometimes it can go like a month and neither of us just have time to even deal with it. And we're just tired. We don't deal with it. And then, you know, so it, and then sometimes we, it could be like two, two times back to back. And then again, we're like two months without even looking at each other cross eyed. You know what I'm saying? So. It's, right. it's all over the place where before it was like, I mean, 
the wind blow the right way and i look at my wife like oh hey 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 let's (laughs) get get right you know so it's that that is something that changes big um your your money is going to be major and that was a big financial thing that is hugely different because before i had every penny on earth you know i made i made pretty good money you know, because I, I was active duty in the military, so we get paid decent. I mean, I'm not a, you know, six-figure man or nothing, but didn't need to be, you know. Right. I, I had no responsibilities. I had so, a, a truck and a car. So let me so, ask this. Yeah. So with the money issue, and I think this is something, once mm-hmm. you take the steps, and part of people is probably hearing us talk about, oh, you need to do this, you need to do this, but we're not really mentioning many of the benefits of once you man up, the things that happen. And like yeah. you said, things do change once you have a kid. Now, yeah. I know for me personally, and I want to see where you stood, is once mm-hmm. I had a kid, my focus became more on doing what's going to make more money, what's going to make a better future for me. So I became better. I I believe once you get married, you you become a better person normally because you have somebody else that you have to care about and depend on and work with unlike a relationship in a relationship if you get angry we're through we're done goodbye you know yeah if you're dating yeah it's just well yeah. later. <laughs> when you're married though you have to sit there and you have to work it out because one divorce is expensive and right. it's a long process and there's a lot of laws and things that you have to do so mm-hmm. if it's smarter and you generally if you got married in a church, even the, um, like my wife and I, and people find it crazy, we dated for four months almost to the day that we got married. Right. And, you know, we went to where we live out here in the Virginia, Maryland area. Both of us, we didn't really have much family or friend out in this area, especially uh-huh. back then. We were still fairly new to the area. And so we decided, let's get married at the courthouse which i found funny was the same courthouse one of my ancestors that came over here got married at as well so mm-hmm. i mean just kind of funny mm-hmm. to me on that front but yeah. the fact is is yeah. even then they say they did the traditional do you promise to love obey cherish the traditional vows that they ask you and right. you know it's kind of the thing of once you get married and you say those vows, the question is, is do you plan on being an honorable man and respecting those vows? Because that's part of manning up is keeping your word, keeping your promise. So once you get married, you have that. But then along comes a kid. And, you know, when it was just my wife and I, yeah, the whole rumpus and all this was great and fun. And, and when the kid came, that changed obviously especially once we had a second one but it's also the fact of it wasn't like we're sitting there going oh no i i need this i need this it's like you said i'm tired but in my opinion and like i said this is where i want you to chime in as well to let me know what you think is i pushed myself harder i became better i became focused and wanted to be better so i could provide better for my kids provide something that I could teach them and my focus shifted from being on me mind you I still have my hobbies so that yeah. and I still do my things so that I can have that mental release but yeah. I think in my opinion 
once I accepted being a father and Mm -hmm. I decided that I wanted to be better for my kids and it was no longer about me. It's about the person I chose to bring into this world. Right. I I went pushed harder and developed a better life so that Mm -hmm. I could do that. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. When, when like prior to having a kid, I mean, for me, it was like, no, I don't ever want a kid. That's gross. It's weird. They stink. They're miserable. Like, I hated kids. I was essentially, like, the complete opposite. Like, you know, I was, uh, I wouldn't say, like, back then, I I didn't have any political association, so I wasn't left or right or MAGA or this or that or the other. I just didn't give a you-know-what, and I was more me and me only that's it i only care about me so when it was like you know back then it was like oh abortion let them have it who cares you know nobody likes kids anyways you know that that was my mindset you know right it that I, I didn't want nothing to do with kids i thought they were gross and then uh, you know right when I, as i met my wife i started to kind of change a little bit at first when i started dating her it was all about just dating i didn't really care had no intentions of ever lasting more than a couple months and moving to the next girl but you know kind of something changed um and then a- as we kind of started developing a relationship um yeah w- it was kind of like we started thinking about a kid and i mean again you know our, our topic here is fears so i had like fifty thousand fears under the sun you know we we worked through them and developed them and then once we had the kid um you know the first thing i did like the the first time i ever saw the kid was like oh my god whoa what is that you know came out of nowhere and then obviously it took you know took a few months before we really started like connecting and before i started like really it really sunk in um and then yeah I, i would say i would say probably after about six to eight months i started to kind of shift and my my life was no longer mine. I, I decided my life is not mine anymore. I lived mine, you know, lived my life. My, my life isn't mine no more. My life is for my kid. Um, you know, I, I traveled the world. I, you know, I slept with a million girls. I, you know, I did this, I did that. I jumped off of this mountain. I climbed that mountain. I jumped out of this plane. I, you know, I did everything under the sun you can think of, you know, I've been to how many countries I can, I'd have to, sit down and think about it uh you know i've been to four continents you know i've I've been everywhere i've done everything under the sun in the world and fun so my my mindset completely shifted and i was like you know it's is now i I don't need to do anything else yeah i mean yeah selfishly i want to go party i want to go have fun i'd love to I've never had one place, all the places I've been, I've never been to China. I would like to go to China and go see like the Great Wall. I think that would be cool, you know, right? So, but, you know, it's maybe one day, you know, but that, that day will be long after she's up and out of the house, married, maybe with her own kids. But for right. now, my life is no longer mine. It is hers. Now, granted, you know, with that said, I still, obviously, like you said, you still have to take care of yourself in order to be able to provide for her. If I'm miserable and grumpy, I'm not really doing her justice. So I have my hobbies here, my hobbies there, and my things for my own mental release. But for the most part, yeah. Um, when I first, one of the f- first things that I did 
was find my way out the military. That was that was one of the first things I did. I was like, I cannot have a kid and be active duty. Can't do it. It is it's just not good. You know what I mean? It's a miserable life, especially if you're deploying all the time and doing this stuff, going here, going there. It's not good for the kid because then what's the point of having a kid? I'm not around, right? Right. So that was the first thing I did was I found my way out of the military. Um, then the second thing I did, I, you know, we moved to a town that is, you know, small, nice, decent, um, low crime, blah, 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 uh, good schools, so on and so forth. We found a good private school we really wanted her to go to. Um, we got all that stuff squared away. Um, then I started, I found a job, uh, I got working. Um, and then when I started working, you know, when she was, you know, like two and three years old, I mean, I focused more on my job. That way I could build something for her when she's four, five, six, seven, you know, because as she's two and three years old, she's not really, you know, most kids don't really remember much. Right. So I spent a lot of time at work. And I mean, I even did, like, I even had her as my background on my computer. So I spent a lot of time at work making as much money as possible developing my skills and getting good at what I did as best as possible. That way I can move into a position to be able to do like a management or supervisor or move up. And that way, eventually I can get to a point in a position where I can calm down, focus on work, but also focus on her. And that's kind of, kind of where I'm at now. Um, we, you know, now I'm to a position where I do my work, but I mean, I don't really kill myself at work. I get, I, I do my job. I do what I'm paid for, but it's also just a job. I make sure that my job is right. And then, uh, you know, and I, I overdo what I'm supposed to do. You know, I don't just do my 40 and cut. You know, I overdo because I, I do have an intention of, you know, moving up in time and for her to make more money and grow. Um, but I also spend a lot of time with her. You know, I take a lot of time off. And one of the things that I, um, that I wanted to do for her is for the future you know more, where uh developing the the pancakes with your dad stuff and you know the the kids book series and even this podcast and all of these things you know yes they're for me and they're for helping others and stuff like that but you know i mean they're also for her you know in the future because for one it helps me learn a lot mm-hmm. and two if the book series does well you know it's something cheap possibly could inherit you know what i'm saying maybe she could inherit them either if if it's a if it's a short-lived series and it makes me some money that money she can inherit if it's a series that she can inherit and keep it and take over then she can do that because i mean look at i mean i don't know if you you read the berenstein bears to your kids mm-hmm. those the uh jan and stan berenstein they're, they're past now you know right uh, but they started that series. I mean, how many years ago? Uh, oh, before yeah. they're even born, right? Now their kids are their their son. I forget his name, but he's the one who runs it all now. He he does it all. It's his. So he inherited this Bernstein Bears empire. You know what I mean? So that to me is just it's all, it's almost like a legacy for them to inherit. So right. essentially, everything I do now is for her. So I mean, even yeah, if it's so- for my <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's kind of the thing that even though at the beginning we did kind of harp on kind of the step up man up, there's reasons mm-hmm. that fathers 
especially fathers that's been fathers for a while and all this stuff tends to be ones that's connected with their kids that taking right. the steps to do whatever's needed tell other people hey man up do what you need to do be there all this stuff because there's a lot of benefits emotionally mentally and mm-hmm. you know even professionally one you tend to work harder but you know when as a father i've had interviews where i've intentionally brought up that i'm a father in the interview mm-hmm. because one they're not allowed to ask you if you have kids yeah but statistically if a person that's hiring you know that you have a family that depends on you they're more likely to hire you because they know your first focus you're not just going to get up and quit one day because you got yelled at for coming in an hour late because the line at starbucks was long you're going to you're going to have your butt in that chair as quickly as you can you're going to do what's needed because you have a family to provide for. You're more more reliable and responsible. Yes. And, I mean, that is something that, now mind you, I wouldn't say tell on every interview if you don't have a family or have a kid to say, yeah, my kid is great. Because if they hire you and you're, they're like, so how old's your kid, by the way? Oh, uh, well, we're trying to have one. Well, wait a minute here. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not suggesting yeah, yeah. that as a as a interview tactic if you don't have kids but and make sure you love your kids before you start bragging on them too but (laughs) because you want to talk about your kids positively yeah right but yeah i mean it's just kind of that whole thing of there's a lot of benefits to it and you know it's not always easy to step up to man up to cowboy up whatever you want to say it's not always the easiest choice to make and doing so one thing i think we've we have a habit of pushing on this show is as a father you also need to make sure that you're stepping up and taking care of yourself mentally physically exercising doing a hobby or something like that but you know kind of like right now you writing your books your justice frogs book technically that's a hobby and it's a hobby that can can be passed on just like us talking about being dads is a right now this is a hobby that we're hoping to use as something to grow something for for the future yeah for you and i it's helping dads and you know i know that there's something i want to do with this on my end to help fathers along the way and you know call with dads originally was a concept of just two dads talking so that one we could have support between ourselves and be able to also learn new ways of doing stuff because like some of the things you've mentioned just in the prior five episodes that we've done have given me things to think about of how i do stuff and yeah absolutely we kind of ping back and forth ideas for sure yeah and my hope is eventually as we grow we're going to bring people on and as we do that we're going to be getting more information and we'll address these manning up topics these people will probably hear us talk about the same topics on and off throughout time but yeah yeah you know manning up like i said is stressful it's finding that release so finding somebody to talk to have if you don't have a dad to talk to like my stepdad's passed and so i don't have my stepdad to talk to but you know my neighbor across the street we went trigger treating with my son and daughter 
him and I and his fiance, we all went walking around the neighborhood and we were drinking the hard cider, angry orchard. And he's like, and he's like, should we be drinking? I'm like, it's getting dark. No one's going to pay attention. So we're walking around, having some drinks, just talking. My son and his fiance were running up to the doors and doing the Mm -hmm. trigger treating while my daughter was, she's not even two. So she wanted to stay in the little cart and play with the bag and the toys and all this stuff. I had a cup and I was like, I was putting my drink in my cup. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, it's just soda, I swear. Yeah, Yeah, I I didn't even go to that extent. We just had the bottles and I just slid them right into the pockets of the little cart. So I, I am, I know, I know it's super gay, but I am a white claw guy. (laughs) <laughs> Literally, right? Yeah, I know, but, but I have my reasons. Okay, White Claws. So I drank beer and whiskey my whole life. Right. I don't know if it's because I did that, but my stomach cannot handle beer anymore. So I drink like two beers, and I'm done. I'm over bloated. I'm gassing everywhere. I'm burping <laughs> up acid through my throat and everything else under the sun, and then I feel like crap in the morning. And drink whiskey, it's just too yummy. So I will like drink it yeah. like it's so I you know. And that's when you when you're a grown man and you got a kids and family and stuff like that, this is where that responsibility comes into play. So I just don't drink it anymore. Period. You know, maybe one day I'll have a sip of it again, but for now, it's not appropriate. So I used to drink the uh the Bud Light seltzers. Um oh. But then the Bud Light controversy, and then I was like, oh, that's gay, that's weird. So, But then I was like, you know what, I really don't care about controversy this. It's just media melting my mind. And then, you know, my wife likes them, but they were too sweet for me. So I tried White Claw one time, and I was like, you, I was like, you know what? The Bud Light ones are $20 for a 12-pack, and the White Claws are like 12 I'll be so, honest with you. <laughs> I've never had one. I've never yeah. even tasted a white claw, so I know the stigma with them. Yeah, right. With them, but yeah, everybody's know. like, "Oh, white claw." Yeah, well, you know what? They're twelve dollars for a twelve pack, and I don't feel like crap in the morning, and I don't get bloated. So, <laughs> and that's the big thing. And you know, that's <laughs> that's another thing. Here's another thing: is as a dad, I really, I've never really worried too much about what people thought about me overall, but. Since I've had a kid, I'll be honest with you, I cared even less. So uh, if I went out in public, I would, before having a kid, I would want people to look at me and go, oh, look at him, this and that. Now I'm just like, I'll go out yeah. in a pair of, pair of pajamas, some Crocs yeah. that have holes in them. And yeah. I'm just like, like my buddy made fun of me last time I went home. I had some Crocs on that had Santa Claus on them. Yeah. He goes, you're really going for the dad, the dad vibe, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, why not? I'm like. Yeah, I'm like who, oh, well. who do I have to impress now? I have kids yeah. that my kids' opinion matter a whole lot more to me than some stranger Anybody. walking down the street. Yeah. So right. Yeah. My know, my wife gets mad at me because I'm the same way. She she overly cares a little bit what other people think of her. Um, me, I literally don't care at all. Like zero. <laughs> right. Like I mean, I'll I'll we'll be out somewhere doing something, and somebody'll do something you know dumb or stupid, you know, and I'll, I'll be like, well, that was stupid, 
you know, like, yeah. you know, right. Like, or, or they'll like get too close. And I'll be like, Hey, you know, maybe you should back up away from my kid. How about that? You know? And my wife yeah. will be like nudging me with her elbow. You, you ought to be nicer. I'm like, no, <laughs> like you need, I don't care what this person thinks. They need to back up, you know, stuff like that. So she's like, you can't say that to people. And then what same thing with driving. Yeah. Same thing with driving. I'll be in traffic and I'll, I'll be like, I'll bleep it out. People will okay. figure out what you said through the bleep. <laughs> through the bleep. Yeah. So I'll, I'll smash the horn. Be like, get out of the way, you know, and my wife will be like, stop, you're going to get shot. I'm like, no, I'm not going to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> odds are low. They need to get out of the way. Yeah. They almost ran into me and the kids in the car. So right. they need to move. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and, you know, I, I'm pretty close to the same sentiment as you on that. You know, <laughs> now I will give a caveat of. I can I give zero percent cares of what strangers think. Right. So, right. I, yeah. like my neighbors that I'm friends with, my brother even I talk to him very little. And yeah. the fact is, is even with my brother, I'm very bluntly honest. But yeah. I still care what he thinks. You know, yeah. Yeah, my mom, I actually, my mom, my wife, my kids. Now, mind you, my kids. I'm what they say. I take with a grain of salt because my son. Right. Like he, he loves my wife. He loves me. But mm -hmm. if you go, who do you love? Do you love mommy? He goes, no, I love Boots the cat. <laughs> and I'm well, like, yeah. you know, you yeah. can love, you can right. love more than one person at a time. There's mm -hmm. different types of love, and I try to tell, try to teach them that. But yeah. I mean, like at first, my wife was bothered by you. Go, no, I love daddy. I'm like, you can love yeah. mommy and daddy. Right. And yeah. So. And yeah, if he's angry with me, do that. yeah, and you know, it's part of what it is. It's, yeah. but that's why I say you take what the kids say with a grain of salt and you kind if of you're move a father on. And you have a daughter just now. Your daughter is going to be like, I hate you, dad. She doesn't actually hate you. It's just <laughs> what she says. My daughter is four years old and she won't like, she does it probably once a week. She it's she wakes up typically around five thirty six in the morning, and I go in there to go you know wake her up, start getting her ready for school or whatever, and I just just crack the door open and go, morning sweetheart, I hate you, Dad, get out. <laughs> I didn't even do anything. I just came in to say good morning, you know. So if you're dad and you're worried about that stuff, if that's a fear of yours, just know it's going to happen. They don't hate you, just life. It's a girl. <laughs> So that at least gives me a heads up of what to expect with my daughter because yeah. right now my son's like he's still all happy lovey dovey and yeah. you know that's I think part of that's also with our family environment being homeschooling yeah. where I don't think boys are gonna do would I mean I don't have a boy so I don't know but I would assume a boy wouldn't have such an emotional up and down as a girl no. girls have it more. Even when they're young, because my daughter, man, like for no reason, like I can be hugging her and kissing her and she's like, I love you, dad. Two minutes later, she'll go, she'll go potty, come back. I'm like, hey, honey, uh, you want like a banana or something? No, get away from me, dad. <laughs> you, you just gave me a kiss like a minute ago. <laughs> like, What is happening? I don't understand. But yeah, that's just yeah. Girls, girls just do that stuff. You know, I, I think if, if you know. 
if that's a fear of yours as a dad, that's going to happen. Suck it up. <laughs> well, I know what to look forward to now with my daughter, at least. I know sometimes she'll walk and get an angry look on her face and then run yeah. around playing and giggling. But, yeah, my daughter has this look just out of nowhere of almost like a very mean, angry look. And you're just like, why are you giving that look? Uh, yeah. I'm going to go walk over here and leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my daughter's. Uh, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure of what it is or why, but she's. You know, if if every other kid in her class is here, she's up here. Yeah, you know, if she, every other kid in her class will say for the you know because it's not visually. If every other kid is a is a five, she is a ten in everything she does. She's louder, meaner, happier, faster, smarter. She everything. Everything's a ten, whereas everyone else in her class or school or that we meet is a five. I mean, her best friend. She's four. Her best friend uh, is six and a half, and those two are like the same. You know, when it comes to everything, school, like in reading, you know, writing books, everything. Like I don't think they read books that often, but we read books like every day. But right. yeah, and so that just shows you the level. She's like up here all the time all the time so it's interesting times definitely sounds like it and like i said it gives me an idea of what to expect to come with mm -hmm. my daughter because there there is definitely a difference between boys and girls and mm -hmm. big time i'm i'm seeing like my my daughter just little signs already we're already projecting her to be a lot quicker at things than my son so yeah. but you know it's kind of like i've said before each kid's going to find their own strengths their own ways of doing stuff yeah, and absolutely. you know it's like for an example at, and you notice it more as you age where most people don't think about this is you need to instead of getting angry and saying why are you being why are you doing something so stupid mm -hmm. simply look at it and go you know okay like my son he gets what if i get an answer wrong well you work at it until you figure out your strength right. might not be in math. And my wife right. and I make jokes, or I make jokes that he's mm -hmm. a bad Asian because my wife's Chinese. Yeah. So I make a, my wife's I'll make Korean a joke. <laughs> so like I'll make yeah. the joke with my wife. Who knows? Maybe he's just going to be a bad Chinese, bad with math, mm -hmm. good at driving. Yeah. And right. she kind of <laughs> so. I always tell my wife, I'm like, you're good at math, but she's only half good at math. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that you have to figure out where their strengths are. And one of the things is, like, we also joke that my daughter, she's, like, I have a natural tan. My mm -hmm. wife, obviously Asian, has a tint to her skin. My right. son has a tint to her, his skin. My daughter, yeah. white as a sheet. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, my ma's white, my grandma's white, just like, mm -hmm. and... People's mistaken me as Mexican growing up that I get so tan and such. So right. I joke around that my daughter's going to be the whitest Asian you ever meet. So, well, no, man, have you ever been? At, have you ever been to any of those countries? Like any I Asian have, countries? I know they look. They man. kind of want the lighter skin. Yeah. So when I when I was uh, stationed in Korea, like at like my wife is just so we're clear. My wife is. 
of Korean descent, but she's never actually been to Korea. She, she's she's American. You know, she she doesn't even speak Korean. She eats cheeseburgers and hot dogs, and she likes football and fantasy football more than I do, and she drinks beer. My my wife is a normal American girl. She just of Korean descent. You know, she's from right. America. Um, I've actually spent more time in Korea than she has. So uh, I actually lived there for a year. She did not. So um, when I was in Korea, um, all the Korean girls and all the Korean, well, all the Korean people, uh, they're white. They're like pale, like very, very white, especially the women. The men aren't so bad, but more so the women. And um, in their culture, this is, I mean, obviously this is what I'm told. Uh, in their right. culture, the white, signifies a higher class because when you're tan you uh i mean you get tan from being outside and working like labor and stuff right. so that that is what that is so if you're tan you're a laborer a worker you're not as high class so the whiter you are the higher class you are so that was kind of something so all the women were like like see-through like you see their veins <laughs> they're so pale <laughs> yeah i know that's my wife she is from china so she was born raised and grew up in china lived there for almost all of her life until maybe a little over a decade ago 15 years right. ago she came here to the states and she's she still follows a lot of chinese culture things like that and yeah, she's even told me that it's it's a symbol like people really want the lighter skin mm -hmm. because they really admire it. And right. I don't think, I don't think the class thing follows nowadays as much right. as more I, of, I because, because right now you have, yeah, people that are more, but if you're living out in when, for the people who live in the city at least, but you know, overall it's one of those things. And that's it's one of those things that you just sit there and go, okay, well, the cultural differences like here in the states my wife pointed out to me that she finds it funny that in asian countries the lighter you are the more desirable people find you right. but here in the states if you have a tan if you have like if you're darker skin or yeah. mediterranean looking things like that people That's look more. at you like you're exotic woo, and they find you more attractive that way but different cultures different views things like that and you know one of these days we're going to have to get somebody from another country to come on to discuss mm -hmm. the different different, the different aspects of being a father yeah. in another country or different cultural raising and because you know for the most part i'd say you and i have similar cultural I grew up in Ohio, you grew up in Florida, mm -hmm. and even though there's different cultural differences there, there's still a combined relationship, I guess you could say. There's no such thing as Ohio man. <laughs> Ohio <laughs> man? No, there's definitely... So I, don't know. <laughs> I, I think Ohio's trying to work on that some. I, I, I've seen some stories, but there's no, definitely a Florida man. man. <laughs> We we have uh, social media influencers completely based around people doing weird stuff in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen it. So we're the only state that's had a zombie. 
Remember that guy that ate that other dude's face on the highway? Oh, yeah, that's been years ago, hasn't it? That was years ago, yeah. Yeah, they, I forgot all about never, that. They never figured out what that was. They think they think it was like a dude that was uh, on, um, there's that drug, like Flocka or whatever it is. Oh, they I think it, yeah. I'm so they out think of the drug be. world, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. So let's do this. There's There's topics, there's things that we're starting to drift off into again like we normally do towards the end yeah, I mean, as always. yeah i was gonna say it's fears just of start- becoming a father no more squirreling <laughs> yeah fears of Man- becoming a father. so summary we have a lot of views a lot of thoughts manning up is not just at the beginning of having a kid but through the kid's life and doing right. what it takes yeah. and for anyone listening if you haven't you need to man up and subscribe to the show you need to <laughs> man up and tell people about the show <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I mean, I, uh, I wrote down a small short list of figure uh, before we go, before right. we cut out, I just kind of give you my couple things that I was fearful of, you know, in list form, that way you can kind of see. So one, one of them was, I didn't really have a good example, um, growing up as a father. Um, the other one was, you know, how to grow up and how to be a man. So that's where that manning up really comes into play. Um, another one was the mystery of the unknown, you know, having a kid, what, I, what's coming up, what happens, what do I do? You know, what it's just an unknown. Um, no one relationship with your wife. Is it going to change or is it not? You know, how is it going to change? Um, financial, you know, so expensive being able to provide, um, the, the fact that, one of the, my major fears was uh, the fact that this is forever. You know, right. once once it happens, it, you know, it's forever. <laughs> There's no other choice there. Um, another one was being a good parent and raising a societally uh, good kid or a, an adult. When they that way, when the child becomes an adult, they're not like a jailbird or murderer or robber. You know. Uh, scam artists are not a bad person. They're overall morally and justly good, um, and they are good for society overall, as well as themselves and their own family. Um, another one was medical issues. That was a big one. I didn't want to, like, God, man, I know a lot of people have uh, children with medical issues, Down syndrome, mental retardation, whatever, maybe born missing an arm or something, who knows? And I feel for those people, I really do man did i not want that golly that would that is i can really feel for those people that have those kids that come out and they like like within their first year the kid has to have heart surgery like i've known somebody Mm -hmm. i I, my wife has a friend that had a daughter that has this disease um that essentially the the child isn't going to live past like five or six years old so what happens is when the child's born, the child progresses like normal until about the age of two. And once they get to about two, they progress backwards until they die. And oh, so they like only Benjamin Button. Yeah, but they only they only live till about five. So you know what I mean? So it's about two and then they go backwards two more years. They go forward for two years and backward for two years and they're dead. Ugh. Um yeah, just just knowing that as a parent would be so painful knowing you know your child you you're never gonna see your child grow up and you only 
you got a year left or whatever, two years left or whatever, it is, whatever the case may be. So the, these future medical issues were just like, oh, man, it was oh. that was a major fear. I don't want to have a kid because I'm afraid my kid may come out with Down syndrome and then I got to deal with it for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? So Right. Now, on that topic, and I don't know if you have more to go into, and, but, you know, I find it funny you mentioned that because when my son was born, a right. lady I grew up with, known my whole life, basically, she had a kid, I would say, I forget if it was like a month or two before my son or a month or two after my son. But when the kid came out, he came out prematurely. Right. And so he was, he's close to the same age as my son, but just has, was not supposed to be. But he ended up going through all these medical things, the heart mm -hmm. surgery, brain surgery. Yeah. I mean, a whole list of things. It's and, so tough. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I felt for her and her family. Mm. But the one thing that looking at that and, you know, there's a lot that comes with it. There's a lot of heartache, a lot of rough times. She has, I think, three other kids as well. So mm. she was also dealing with her other kids while trying to handle everything going on with this new baby. Now, last time I seen that kid, we went back to Ohio and we went to church where my ma goes and so does this family and my right. son and this kid were just playing running around talking like normal just having a good time being right. mischievous boys things like this yeah. you know so one thing is is i will say there's a lot of worries when it comes to medical things like you said down syndrome um there's sids that you need to worry about as well which you know yeah I, that kept me up like every day. It like wake up like every hour. Like you there? Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> yep. Crap! I woke her up. <laughs> yeah, the first time your kid sleeps through the night is the most terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you look forward to it, but at the same time, as soon as it happens, you're like, you wake up in the middle of the night. Oh, what? I don't hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot of fears that come on and all this that you know, and it's one of those things that we talk. Right now, we talk about the fears of a kid in the early parts of life, and mm -hmm. I know there's going to be a lot of other fears that arise through time that we're going to have to address, and teenager years, and all the different events, all the different things, when they start dating, when they start driving, right. when they decide to either go to school or move out and get a job, which, you know, you sit there and go, I can't wait for that date, but at the same tone, you're sitting there going, this kid's been with me for almost two decades. I'm yeah. worried about them not eating right. I know how mm -hmm. lazy they can be at certain topics, how they are about these things, or are they going to step up and do this, or do I need to go to their house and kick them out of bed and say, hey, clean your house. You're going to get cockroaches. You know, it's one of those things. So there's always going to be fears. And, yeah. you know, part of the problem I think people have with manning up, stepping up, doing what's needed is fear. Is they let yeah. fear get the best of them. That's and, right. you know, the one thing is, is just like doing the podcast, talking. Like before we started doing this, you and I never talked to each other prior. I mean, yeah, literally, really. the only time we talk now is through text messages and during the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who, I had no idea if you were going to be some crazy guy that was going to rant off. And, but <laughs> I knew that. 
when I met you online through social media, I liked what you were doing. I liked your points, the things right. that you were trying to achieve. And I felt like, one, I wanted to connect and make an effort to try to, one, help you grow that. And two, yeah. allow me to grow something as well. Right. So there was a selfish prospect oh, yeah. to it. There's going to be. It's part of it. But like, there was still that fear of, and I'm sure you had it too, is what the heck is this guy going to be like that I'm going to talk to? Right. Is he going to say something that I'm going to have to sit there and go, oh, wait a minute? Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, these, but, I mean, these are, these are things that you got to kind of step into. You do have to kind of hold back your fear. Like you said, man up and try them if you don't try them then you'll never know right so i mean that's the whole thing is you have to take steps to do what's needed get over that fear and you know it's it's hard change is hard change will yeah. scare the daylights out of you in about any aspect of life yeah it's absolutely. that whole taking the steps and doing what's needed to to do it and you know once you start learning to face the fears that come in front of you each fear that you face gets easier and easier so it's another benefit of doing that whole thing so yeah. let's do this we've been talking for a little over an hour i think maybe yeah. close to an hour somewhere around about there so people like i said i made the joke earlier about manning up oh i cut you off was there any other items that you, you no had that, was, that was right. that was essentially my list of my fears that were the biggest ones I mean, obviously, there's little ones here and there, but but yeah, that was that was my list essentially. Um, and if anybody listening uh, ever has any questions about things that I particularly have done or uh, you have done or whatever, um, don't be afraid to email us or ask us questions or send the call with dads has a has a what a recording thing where you can leave a voicemail, yep. um, contact us thing. Uh, Definitely ask questions. We're more than happy to try and email back or answer back something, try and give you as best ideas as possible. Obviously, we're never saying we are end-all, be-all answer for all. <laughs> we can give you our ideas, and if they you know, resonate with you, then great. Right. And, yeah, we're, we're just two dads, so we're definitely not experts of other than, yeah. hey, this is what our kid did. This yeah, is what right. we tried. I'm no expert. Just because my <laughs> one kid did it doesn't mean the other three billion on earth didn't do it you know what i mean it's just this is what mine did exactly so <laughs> let's do this people should go to callwithdads.com one yeah. that website will lead you to your mr or your pancakes with dads with your dad.com because there's a resource on there for people to go there to your website it also has yeah. if they go to your profile on that page on call with dads there's a link there to pancakes with your dads which i think mm -hmm. that site's looking very good and very very useful a lot of information you can contact yeah. either of us through call with dads there's a contact page there and like you pointed out there's a recording where somebody can leave a i want to say it's a 90 second message yeah, and if you have good. if you have 90 seconds of something to say that's a pretty long-winded thing and we'll listen to it all but you can say a lot within a minute and a half. So, <laughs> but, I mean, generally, there's a lot of ways to reach out to us. And yeah. I know I joked about it earlier, but usually the best way to get people to listen to us, because the more people that start listening to us, find us, and it'll help the show grow. 
And mm-hmm. keep in mind, we're not doing any of this to make a dime. This is actually costing us money to do, and we're fine with that. We're not at right now. We we're not right. doing any donation. Well, I forget if we have a donation thing set up, but I think we have the buy me a coffee thing on yeah. the call with Ted's page. Uh, but yeah, pretty much any donations that we get, if it's anything, it will go to the show for something. Right. You know, that's not anything financial. I had a guy the other day uh, on my Pancakes with Your Dad page. Uh, he he was like, he was yelling at me, oh, you're just another social media, this or that, this or that, the other, blah, blah, blah. You're always trying to sell your books and stuff. I was like, yeah, you know why? I, I created a page for the Justice Rock series, a Facebook page. And I told mm-hmm. him, uh, I, I've sold a few, you know, I've made a little bit of money. And every single pay, every single penny that I've gotten from that, I used it to because it's through Amazon. So I can't even get a free of my own book. I have to buy my own books. Right. So I used every penny because so I had it set at nine ninety nine, um, and my royalties for that through Amazon is like a dollar eighty something like that. Yeah. So I took I took those dollar eighties for every book and I collected them and I used it to buy more books and then I took those books and I donated them to the public library. Yeah, and that's so anyone that is thinking that because you wrote a book you're getting rich, yeah. believe me, the Not at all. <laughs> the authors that you see like like R. L. Stein or Tolkien yeah. or these huge named authors, they're rarities. I mean. You have some authors like Larry Correa, who is just a massive writer, massively excessive, successful, all these things. Most writers barely make enough to even cover the expense that it took to create, market, do any of this stuff for a book. So, like, for us, right now, if we get donations and all this for Call with Dads, the likelihood is it's going to be to buy Mr. Pancake a better microphone. So, <laughs> so with that, I mean, it will go back in the show, or that, or it'll help in, improve the hosting service, or something along that lines. This is not for us to give money, make rich, be rich, anything like that. We, we have, have we, jobs. <laughs> yeah, we have full time jobs. We focus on our kids. This is really a project that we have that we want to build a community that other people can grow with and have support have answers because you know when i first became a dad all the podcasts were about dads really didn't address the things that i felt or the things i dealt with it felt more of a technical kind of conversation or a single person trying to interview an author which don't get me wrong we'll interview authors we'll interview other podcast people other social media influencers that's in the dad sphere, things like that. But generally, at least in my perspective, and I think same with you, is this is for us to create support, create a community of fathers that know they're not alone. Hey, it's okay to be scared, but yet the man up, yeah. shove it down for a little bit, and once your kids are yeah, in bed, yeah, once your kids are in bed, take that time and. Figure out how to deal with your fears. Do it. Do what you need to do. Whatever it takes. But yeah, it's when I so when I say share share this with people, it's share it with other dads. Post it on yeah. online. If we right. say something you find interesting, let people know. Hey, I heard it here. 
because as we grow, the more people's going to find us. The more people find us, the more other people can find out they're not alone dealing with what we're dealing with. You can find us on social media, Pancake with Your Dads, on what Truth, Twitter, Facebook. Yep. Um, So Pancake with Your Dads has a Truth Social, uh, a Twitter or X as we call it now. Um, right. Facebook and Instagram and a LinkedIn and every single one of those. Um, if you follow me for the most part, I'm probably going to follow you back just because I do my best to follow my supporters and support you if you support me. And also a lot of those, a lot of those social media sites don't allow you to communicate with each other unless you follow each other. So uh, I try to follow people back. That way they can send me a message. But Facebook's different. Facebook, you can just always send me a message and I'll always respond. Um, and Call With Dads also has, you know, uh, we have a true social. We do have a Twitter or X. Um, there is a Facebook. I can't, I think there's, no, there's not a, not an Instagram. There's a Facebook, but no Instagram yet. Um, I think that, is that it? Have, I think so. And we run yeah. a, a group Facebook, on Twitter. Truth Social. We do have a support group there where yeah. people can come on, talk. It's a nice size. It's 500 and some people now, so it's not a huge yeah. group, but it's growing. Yeah. I see new people oh, okay. coming on every now and then. And, you know, mm-hmm. part of it is people's sharing stuff that they find interesting and they talk. And, you know, it's all about trying, like I said, right now what yeah. we're doing is trying to grow, trying to support, try to be better dads ourselves. And, right. you know, that's that's a lot of what this is. So let people know and reach out to them. And from there, if you like us, yep. tell people. Yeah, so. and then go check out our websites, callwithdads.com and pancakeswithyourdad.com. Those are the two so far. <laughs> Perfect. So let's end this now So before we go on another rant, and then we'll talk <laughs> with people very soon. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Oof.